0: Three, two, one, and we're back. And today is day two. And thank you for all the really wonderful uh, comments on our show this week. We are talking with you about how to make at least $100,000 in the next 100 days. And so remember, guys, ultimately, this plan is going to require you doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, but you can do it. Your mindset is going to be of being of service to other people and focusing on, for the next 90 days, accomplishing the goal. Now, some of you and what we're focusing on today are the specifics of the numbers, so we're going to help you break down exactly what you need to be doing every single day, and we're going to give you some suggested lead sources that will uh, get you the Frankly, the results the quickest. All of our plans and our primary focus of our coaching business. Um, now, obviously, we teach you guys how to build teams and market, and uh, you know, social media and all that other stuff. Uh, but we also primarily want to focus on uh, listings. That is really the heart and soul of a real estate business. It is the way that you're going to get the most leverage in real estate. It's the way you're gonna have the most freedom, the most consistent cash flow is buying is being a listing agent. And there is a huge demand right now for listing agents with skills, as many of you are learning in the marketplace, because all the rules have changed. Effectively, 24 months ago, that rule book got tossed out, tossed into the you uh, know the fireplace, and the new rules Emerge. Some of you have yet to discover the new rule book. Hopefully, you're discovering it listening to this podcast. So, Julie, let's jump right back in where we left off yesterday.
1: That's right. So, this is the plan. How are you going to get to the goal? The goal is $100,000 in uh, income to you in the next 100 days. We talked yesterday about, based on the average uh, sale price in the country, that that's going to take you eight listings. Why eight listings? Because the listings will generate buyers and other listings. So if you want to drill down on the specific goal, it's to get and sell eight listings over the next 100 days or less.
0: But if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to yesterday's show, just so that you're going to be able to get a lot of benefit, the uh, the assumption was that uh, the average sale price in the United States is $400,000. The average commission in the United States is $12,000. I know it's going to be up or down, you know, adjust accordingly. And eight times twelve thousand is going to equal roughly a hundred thousand dollars. That's the premise that we're working off of, and we're making that assumption. Now, if you're in a marketplace where like Julie's got coaching clients whose average sale price is over a million dollars and they're making an average of 30,000 per adjust sale. Adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly, right.
1: And on the other end of the spectrum, too. You know, there's some listeners, maybe it's gonna take you twelve or fifteen listings but that's okay. The the point is to have a specific goal. So we're using eight because we have to use something and we used it based on the average that all of you are dealing with. Okay. So how are you going to go about doing it? This is where you take notes. You can scan down and get our notes right in front of you. Uh, But a lot of you guys like to write it down. So
0: should we be, listen, listeners, this is really important. Why did we, why are we exposing some of you or in many cases reminding you? of the same primary lead sources that we want you to focus on because that is where the uh, most urgent business is going to be found we do talk about in premier coaching the passive lead generation but you're going to find the consistency of cash flow and all the other things that come with consistent cash flow from focusing primarily on being a proactive lead generator and then reinforcing the proactive lead generation with your passive lead generation. And I'll just give an example before Julie gets to her first point, is that, for example, you're going to call your centers of influence and past clients. Now, if you want to enhance that, maybe you mail them. Maybe you mail them a newsletter. We've had lots of coaching clients have had a lot of success with that. Maybe what you do is you load them, uh, you get all their contact information, obviously, and you put them in a Facebook campaign. And those people that are your centers of influence and in past clients are also getting daily videos or weekly updates from you about what's going on in the market. Just those people that are in your list are going to be exposed. So you're re- but you cannot just do the passive stuff expecting to get the results that our statistics, uh, you know, say you will, unless you're doing the proactive stuff. And if you have to choose, dear listener, between making the phone call and having the conversation that we teach you how to have in Premier Coaching, or doing the digital media, the social marketing, and all the rest of social media marketing, all the rest of it, do the phone call. It's going to get you the result the fastest. And cost you nothing. And cost you nothing.
1: Okay, so that leads us to our number one lead source. We're gonna do six today, and we're gonna do six tomorrow. So point number one is number one for a reason. You all have them. Your past clients and sphere of influence, or center of influence, otherwise known as your database. Statistically, when you have regular and real conversations with your list, 10% of your list will either do business with you or refer business to you each and every year. What would happen if you committed to speaking with 100% of the people in your database this quarter? Don't get mad when another agent lists your past client if you're not making this effort.
0: It's average of 10% because if you're in a marketplace where the homes are primarily people that never sell, I mean, look in your MLS for statistics, you're not going to get a temper and that's where your center of influence past client is. I mean, like where you grew up, frankly, oh, Julie, sure. yeah. those people never move. I mean, ever Okay. They're Ever. in that, they're in those houses, <laughs> for the decades. Same neighbors. right now. Yeah. But if you're in another area like Austin or something, and you're focusing on some downtown, you know, sure. condos where people are younger and their family formation age, they're in their you know, late twenties, early thirties, well, you're going to get a lot more sales velocity out of those markets. So again, you got to adjust accordingly. The way you can lean into the facts are, is learning how to use your MOS, choose your like centers of influence and in past clients. That happens sort of organically, but you might find yourself in a marketplace where there isn't a lot of, uh, frankly, sales momentum, where there are not a lot of sellers, where there isn't yeah. a lot of opportunity. So what should you do? I respectfully would suggest that you might move. Or, frankly, you're going to have to, um, it's going to be a lot harder for you to build momentum You're going to have to expand
1: your horizons. This is something that we work with our elite coaching clients on a lot because we have to drill down and get to know them and know their market a bit. And it's okay. They can expand what they're doing. They can join different memberships, organizations, you know, upgrade their friends uh, list. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, when Julie and I were selling real estate, we did not like our average sale price because it was the average sale price of Columbus, Ohio. And we knew that if we were willing to travel a half hour, 45 minutes away, we can have an average sale price that was at least four and sometimes six X more over a million dollars. Yes. So it took us three or four years and we, you know, we got tired of beating our heads against the wall. We had to sell hundreds of houses to make the amount of money that we wanted to make every year to accomplish our goals. Or we could sell less than a hundred houses in the Southern market.
1: Yes. Duh. So that's what
0: we did. And you just took Light out bulb. a new, you just took out a new elite coaching client.
1: Yes. Uh, so shout out to Jennifer Wells and Hilton head. If you guys have any business coming or going there, she's your girl. Um, So what Jennifer is going to be working on, uh, lots of different things, but one of them is what we're talking about now. Because she didn't grow up in Hilton Head. She moved there from somewhere else. That's another thing about building this. So what are we going to do? Systematically build her center of influence in several parts of town based on the different movement because part of you know typical resort town, she's gonna to have some people that are buying VRBOs and such and other people that are locals that she's going to know she's already doing a women's club, things of that nature. But
0: in Hilton Head, she has two things. Mm-hmm. An average sale price, that's really Which nice. Which is killer. Number one, and <laughs> yeah. number two, there's density. Yes. So if you're selling homes in rural somewhere United States and there's not a lot of sales velocity, not a lot of homes buying and selling, you are going to have a harder time. And in those few cases, if you're serious about being successful in real estate you're going to have to probably focus on a different market i don't know if there's any other way to say it
1: that's true you have to expand your center of influence on purpose not by mistake and you have to actually know your stats you know what's hot and what's not your your uh, mls hot sheet pumps that out to you every single day many of you don't look at that because it's in your spam but it's a great tool Um, there's another one called list reports that tells you what's hot and what's not so you know, for example, where where I grew up, 43085. I bet you there's maybe six listings there. We,
0: we grew up there, Julie. Uh,
1: we grew up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, maybe six or eight listings at any given time.
0: We met in high school, listeners. Yes. We did. Okay,
1: but no, but to your point, nobody ever moves. Right. And so I feel sorry for agents that I, I mean, my mom and dad still show me stuff that they get plastered with postcards. They do. But it doesn't matter because nobody's ever going to move from there. Well, so
0: for example, Jennifer in Hilton Head, you're helping her to expand her center of influence past clients. Yes. She chose that market. You told me about this prior to today's show. She chose that market uh, intentionally because of the sale price Because she was smart enough to check sales velocity. Yep. Because she liked the market, because the weather and the climate, all the things, all All the boxes checked that she was after all the things. Smart strategy. Right. Exactly. Hundred percent. So what you're going to do is you're going to help her intentionally be her, doing what she likes to do around other people that like to do the same thing. And thus you'll organically, naturally, almost by accident, start creating leads.
1: More organic leads, which, by the way, don't have a referral fee attached to them. Don't have a
0: cost to them. The gym, doing things like that doing things that, you you being you around other people that have the same interests, you will easily build your center of influence and past clients. And
1: those are the best, right? They are,
0: completely. Absolutely.
1: So talking about your your past clients, center of influence, your database, again, the 10% rule should work for you. We do have a lot of coaching clients that get well more than 10% from their database because they're doing all of the things starting with and not ending with making the actual contacts. They
0: call, they'll do past clients, center of influence, uh, social events. They'll. They will do sometimes uh, direct mail. Uh, you know, a lot of them do monthly newsletters. That's right.
1: They do past client uh, events and things like that. But certainly, they use the scripts that they get as part of coaching, as well as another thing that that we don't talk about enough in coaching is the twelve month center of influence plan. All of that is included. That talks about. You know, what do you say month by month out of the year? What are some good events for you to be putting on that don't cost you very much money? All of that's part of Premiere.
0: So remember, like every day, the show notes are below. Scroll below, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, does not matter what platform you're on, even YouTube or over on our main website Tim and Julie Harris scroll down our notes are there you can read along with us and also when you're there click the link to join Premier Coaching it's obvious it's easy to find it's the next natural step for all of your real estate businesses if you're serious about being su- massively successful because of this market scroll down click the link join Premier Coaching it costs you absolutely nothing and yes it does include a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our harris certified coaches
1: okay staying on this point just for a second for example How many people in your database know what their home is worth in today's market?
0: These are ideas of what to talk about.
1: Exactly, it's your job to let them know. If they knew that they could get X for their home, netting them Y, well, what would that do to their plans? I'll give you a quick example, okay? One of my coaching clients went door knocking in her neighborhood, that's her center of influence, right? People who already know her, she's very active in her community, hit seven doors. One of them was an older couple who hadn't been particularly thinking about real estate. She was using a similar script as this, you know, were you aware of what your home is probably worth in today's market? Well, no, why don't you, you know, do a market analysis for us. She came back, told them that they would potentially net $500,000. They could not believe it. She had to explain it three or four times for them to actually buy into the math that was based on the CMA. Now they're considering being her next listing. So how many people in your database have no clue what their houses were? I know you and I always look at the rentals going, are you kidding me? Right.
0: Well, I mean, you're you're meandering off into another conversation that we should probably have on a podcast and maybe even have some guests on. We certainly know a lot of, you know, economist types. Uh, Logan, we maybe should have this conversation with him. Like, again, it goes back to I'm thinking about predictions. What's going to happen to the real estate market, especially for the next 24 months? I'll give you the bottom line. We believe, and there's every reason to believe, that the real estate market is going to go from what it is to something that is probably feels like a bigger boom than we've ever experienced before. If interest rates just tick down even marginally, you're going to see the market explode. There's so many fence-sitting sellers that are looking for an opportunity. And as soon as, you know, guys, that's it. That's what's keeping more sellers from coming on the market. People think that they're locked in because they're low interest rate. They don't really care. Most of the sellers have massive equity in their homes or have no mortgage whatsoever. They want a place to move to. When more homes come for sale, uh, there's a huge pent-up, really, I don't even know if the words demand, but there's huge pent-up desire for people to sell their home and they need to have a place to go. And as soon as one listing comes for sale, another, 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 it's going to be dominoes. They're going to be stacked and start falling faster than we've ever experienced before. Um, and we're seeing everything set itself up all of the major markets that Julie and I follow. We're seeing the market set itself up for something that we that many of you, if you've only been in the business for two or three years, have never experienced before. get ready.
1: That's right, and I can't let a podcast slide without mentioning number two, one of our favorite categories, expired listings. Expireds are near the top of the list because of the following. First, they clearly want to sell and many have to sell. These are the listings you're looking for. There's been a big increase in expires recently since most agents still had two short listing agreements in anticipation of the hot seller's market continuing. Aspirational pricing, that's otherwise known as being overpriced, and competition from new construction have created even more expired and withdrawn listings. Next reason, you know what probably the wrong price is. Your comparative market analysis is much easier on an expired listing because the price has been market tested. Next, the agent you would have competed against, the one that they thought would get the job done, who they probably already knew, is now probably out of the picture. And last but not least, and there's many reasons, but these are the top ones, the seller will correct negative feedback and reprice the home in most cases, creating a quick sale. The average number of days on the market for relisted expireds is always very low. So bonus don't forget old and older expired listings because you'll have less competition and are more likely to get the seller at the price they wanted in the first
0: Advanced coaching, we've done many podcasts where and we uh, talk about expireds. Mm-hmm. Guys, listen, don't assume an expired is overpriced. It might not be. It might be priced correctly, but for reasons that you will discover once you take the listing, maybe the seller is uncooperative before, maybe the, uh, who knows? There's all kinds of reasons. We did a
1: podcast, I think it was called uh, Top Expired Secrets.
0: There you go. So, so don't course. assume that pricing was the problem because uh, you'll discover in a market like this that pri- pricing probably wasn't the problem. I and mean, it could just because the listing was old. It was like spoiled milk in the cooler. You know, no one's going to buy it. And that is sometimes what happens. You put a fresh MLS number, fresh description, fresh pictures, and the thing sells like hotcakes. Like it never was listed before we at see all. The time. Yeah, We do.
1: Absolutely. So point number three, new build salespeople. Another favorite category, because this costs you absolutely nothing. These are the salespeople who sit in the builder's model homes. And those are cropping up Everywhere they're coming up like weeds, okay. So, visit the salespeople who sit in the builder's model homes, those are the people who write up all those new construction contracts. Use our new construction plan if you're a premier coaching member to meet those new build reps and get all of their
0: resale referrals. Okay, what are we talking about? No, nope, 99.9%, especially big builder uh, uh, new build reps. Do maybe they have a real estate license, but they don't take any business outside of the new construction they're selling on behalf of the builder? Again, the biggest builders actually mandate that the sales reps cannot uh, do any outside business. You can imagine the conflicts that I would create if they could. That's right. So you walk in there, and in most places, the average sale price for new construction is going to be in a move-up price range. You then ask the sell or the uh, b- new build rep, "What are you doing with all? You know, obviously you have how many houses do you have pending under construction?" 30, 50, 100, 300. Okay, that's great. How many of those buyers actually have homes to sell? It's going to be, depending on the price point, all of them. What are they doing with those listing referrals? What are they doing with that? I know what they're doing. Do you, dear listener? They're referring those to listing agents. They're referring those to other agents. Mostly, they're referring them to the agents that actually brought the buyers to them in the first place, and they're repaying the favor. That's how a lot of this works. Mm -hmm. It's just very one hand washing the other. And, you know, you can do the same thing. We have had many coaching clients in these marketplaces where there's lots of new construction. I'm thinking Arizona. I mean, I I, I
1: think almost all the coaches have these relationships. Yeah,
0: you can clean up off new construction. And new construction is going to be the Hail Mary Pass for housing which is going to surprise everybody in most major markets. It's
1: already 31% of what's available. There you go. Okay. So for example, I mean, another, another reason I love this, for example, is that you can have one new build sales rep that you have this worked out with, and they are a constant supply of multiple transactions for you. What if you had five new build uh, sales reps that were doing the same thing in different price ranges or areas, right? So you can well, see how it's infinitely expandable. Do you have
0: things like probate and whatnot on the list? I
1: think it's on tomorrow's show. Okay, yes. good. So just yep. a
0: little foreshadowing. We'll talk uh, about well, pro- same
1: idea though. One relationship, a probate attorney, for example, multiple transactions. We like that exactly. And remember, all you need to make $100,000 in 100 days is eight listings. Uh,
0: Adjust accordingly, because you might not even need that many. Number four, (laughs) Julie.
1: Okay. A close cousin to expireds would be the for sale by owners. When the market is hot like it's been for so long, there are always plenty of unrepresented owners who need your help most of them give up on the process if it's not sold in the first two weekends there are luxury priced unrepresented owners in today's market as well this is a great opportunity because many of them have not yet bought two transactions there they could build with you or downsize or upsize and purchase with you so there's at least two transactions on with many for sale by owners plus you could sell it yourself hold open houses etc etc and
0: do yourself a favor when you're discovering the for sale by owners Uh, make sure you go and research them. Just drop their address in Google. It's the quickest and easiest way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And you will notice that in many cases, in many markets, they were previously listed. The listing expired. They didn't know another agent. So they just decided to for sale by owner. You will find overlapping, you know, uh, opportunities here. You're just going to have to do a little bit of homework.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Point number five, open houses. Yes, that's right. Refer to our podcast, how to not just sit an open house, how to monetize them. We've done several open house uh, podcasts. Our open house system and scripts are proven to generate a bare minimum of three closable buyers or sellers and or sellers every time. It's all about choosing the right house, promoting the open house, using good scripts, and having relentless lead follow-up. Many of our coaching clients have spun this source up to a very predictable listing machine. If you've failed at open houses before or just been frustrated with them, You are missing a key element or elements to the system to make it work. I've seen this with so many coaching clients where they dabbled in open houses, they tried one out, they borrowed another agent's and they just didn't get anything from it. You're not doing it right. You're not doing it systematically. You're not using scripts. You're not using enough signs. You're not looking at it as the source of business that it can be.
0: The two biggest errors they make is, that, well, they're not holding the right house open. Right. That's the biggest one. Huge. Uh, number two, uh, they are, while doing the open house, not following our open house system. They're hiding out, avoiding having direct conversations with... Actual humans that are actually coming into the house that might actually be you know, ready to buy, let alone a neighbor that's thinking about putting their house for sale. And you guys, let me know if you need anything.
1: Or they sit on the couch watching football. Have you you've heard the, seen that?
0: You, we've walked into open houses before, and if you guys are committing this sin, okay, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. You'll hear this ghostly voice from someplace in the house <laughs> let me, Welcome, let me know if you need anything. And they'll go back to TikToking or wherever the hell they're doing.
1: There's I mean, cookies in the kitchen.
0: There's cookies. That's right. exact. Don't be that agent.
1: No. And then open houses don't work. No, you're not working. There's a difference, yeah, right? right? They can be so killer. You know, uh, many of our coaching clients have turned this into a, a multiple step uh, system where they'll do, like, the neighbors open first, and then they'll do a public open second? What is
0: Julie talking about? So the first thing you're going to do before you do an open house, this is part of our open house system, is you're going to go and door knock and give an invitation, could be a flyer, doesn't have to be any fancy. It's a contact, contact It's a contact, right, to all the neighbors and do a big, you know, some of you call this circle prospecting. What we're suggesting is you knock, 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 hello, my name is Tim, letting you know that I'm holding 123 Elm Street Open, uh, and we're doing a neighbors-only open house. And we're doing this so that you can actually go through the house and see if that neighbor happens to have anything of, that's yours.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's no, a joke. They'll
0: no laugh. <laughs> Look in the garage. See if that w- the weed whacker that you thought you know somehow magically disappeared happens to be at the Now, you guys get it. I'm trying to make you laugh. Yeah. But yes, it's a neighbors-only open house. We're going to be doing it from 11 till noon or from 10 till noon or whatever. Come by. So what is that going to do? It's the people that are coming by then, you know, will be the neighbors. And why would the neighbors come by to see the house that's for sale? Because they're curious about home values, to which you then could follow up with a conversation about providing them with the CMA. There is sometimes, like for every 10 people are going to ask for a CMA. Someone who's stone cold not interested in selling is not going to care what their home's value is. Um, and they're not going to ask you for a CMA because nope. they're not going to want to have that. Uh, they're not going to want to take the time to talk with you, frankly. They're not going to want to take the time of finding themselves in a sales conversation. So if they're not at least mildly interested in putting their house for sale sometime in the future, uh, they're not going to ask for a CMA. So people that are asking for CMAs, that are asking for CMAs face-to-face, not through some digital forum, they're serious. So when someone asks for a CMA, here's a, there's a script that goes along with it, the third question is so uh, provided the numbers make sense and uh, it you know provide the numbers make sense Mr. Seller ideally how soon would you want to sell the property go right to the assumption that they're thinking about selling and that's the reason they're asking for the CMA don't ask if they're thinking about selling the house because here's what's going to happen many of you will avoid having uh, will avoid asking questions that might result in any kind of of conflict with the seller. So you're going to have to follow our scripts and your perceived conflict with the seller, right? Mm-hmm. Remember I told you, they're asking for a CMA. They're probably at least 40% interested in selling their home. So when you ask the question, like, OK, you know, knock, 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 hello, I just want to let you know I'm doing uh, open house at 123 Elm Street. And it's a neighbor's only open house. We're going to be doing it for two hours prior to the public open house. Just letting you know that you can pop by. Um, and also, would you like me to prepare a cma a comparative market analysis letting you know what your home is worth in this market and most of them you know like i said will say no some of them will say yes and say then just review with them okay great so is that a four bedroom two and a half bath get the gist of it maybe they're gonna have you walk through oh boy that's an actual seller that, that does
1: happen by the way we of course, course it, it does
0: it, you're gonna now discover you've actually you know tripped over an actual seller go you And then you're gonna ask, you're not gonna beat around the bush and hopefully find a number of things in common. You have a dog, I have a dog. You have feet, I have feet. Don't waste time doing stuff like that. So many of you do this fake bonding. Everybody hates it. Ask the question ideally, Mr. Seller, if the numbers make sense, how soon would you want this property sold? And do not allow yourself to have your jaw drop out of your head when they tell you we're thinking about putting it for sale now.
1: Well, you know, if you're a premier coaching member, you're going to say, give me just one second. I've got something to get out of my trunk. And
0: you <laughs> exactly. know what you're getting?
1: Your pre-listing package, because you have been coachable. The coach has told you to make sure that you are ready when you're in these situations. You have your pre-listing package in hand. You are ready to rumble. Yes, it is on the spot listing presentation. Maybe you have a two-step where you have to circle back and drill down that the price fine. a little bit more. That's okay, but don't be blindsided, and like Tim said, let your your jaw drop.
0: I was going to say, don't allow, don't pee in your pants. But I thought don't that, leave a puddle. Yeah, don't <laughs> leave a puddle. I mean, that's what we'd say if it was on a private coaching call, frankly. But yes, now that we're on a that. now that we're on a podcast, okay. we shouldn't it, you know we shouldn't do that. Okay. Talk about urination.
1: <laughs> exactly, which brings us. It'll point offend somebody. Six, I somebody they're you, typing like that mad. We're going to get a
0: comment right now. I cannot believe Tim and Julie are <laughs> making fun of people who pee when they get excited. I I mean, somebody's going to say that. Cut it
1: out! out. Don't say it. it. Don't do
0: it. We are just joking.
1: Joking? Ah, Funny. Okay. Point number six.
0: (laughs) Maybe it wasn't funny. Maybe it wasn't. We'll find out. We'll find out exactly.
1: Okay. Point number six for rent by owners. Now I love this category because almost nobody contacts them. You have nearly zero competition, and yet there's a phone number right there. Okay. So investors who own single-family or small multifamily units are an amazing source of new listings for you.
0: You should toss uh, VRBOs in there too.
1: Including VRBOs, good point. This is one of the easiest scripts to learn and polish because it's a simple business conversation. And yes, of course, you have those scripts in Premiere. If the home is vacant and for rent, might the owner rather sell it versus continue to keep it as a rental? It's a simple question. Offer to do a free comparative market analysis so they can make an educated decision and see what that does to their plans. Again, potentially one contact and multiple transactions with investors. Let's
0: add color to this. Okay, so if someone's purchased in the last 24 months, chances are the interest rate is not that great. Chances are some of them will have bought on variable weight mortgages. That means that some of these guys are looking down uh, into the future and realizing that the payment on this property that they bought as a rental or a short-term rental is negating the financial benefit of having the property in the first place in their minds maybe some of them are having to uh, literally go out of pocket every single month beyond what the cash flow is in that property and they're losing money on it maybe they can't afford to lose money on it that is going to be a great opportunity to sell that house You know, to to tee them up to basically say, well, and again, if they've owned it for 24 months or whatever, they're going to have double digit appreciation from the inflation on that property. They're going to walk away as, you know, real estate lottery winners, no matter how you shake it, unless they refinanced and pulled the money out. So don't be surprised when you find urgency in people that don't even actively have their homes for sale, because you're giving them the opportunity to have a graceful exit, walk away with, in many cases, a big Mm -hmm. check, and you're making it very seamless for them. This is called doing the real work of real estate.
1: That's right. And you mentioned VRBOs, Vacation Rental by Owner, for those of you who might not be familiar with that. VRBOs. Who's that? I had two or three people say, they're mostly new licensees that just haven't been in the real estate world. Also known as Home Away is another one. Uh, There's several different sites. These are short-term vacation rentals. Now... These are also a great source to be prospecting with this for rent by owner script, slightly modified for VRBO short term. Why? Because a lot of those were purchased in COVID, and the amount of them that exist who are now competing with each other, especially in resort markets where most of these live.
0: It's ferocious. It's
1: ferocious. And on top of that, many of the areas and or buildings, like if you're in downtown Austin, for example have now passed or their HOAs have passed things saying, oh, no, 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 you can't do short-term rentals. It has to be at least 30 days, at least 90 days, at least six months. And if we find out, we're going to fine you. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And it didn't work out for that owner the way they had planned.
0: So point is, opportunity is everywhere. You just have to have conversations and stop waiting around for people to raise their hand and say, come list my house, Bob. You've got to go to them and tell them the different opportunities they have to sell the property, and you will create your own reality as a, as a listing agent. Take all of these things incredibly seriously. Now, did you notice everything that Julie and I always tell you? Everything's proactive. Everything's going to require you actually making an effort. We're not gonna to lie to you and tell you that you don't have to make an effort, because you do.
1: 100,000 in 100 days. It's gonna take a little bit of work, Well, right?
0: I mean, I'm thinking like, for example, 100,000 in 100 days, if your average sale price is only 400 grand, mm-hmm. and I get it, we have tens of thousands of listeners, so that probably shakes out to be the average, but we do have coaching clients where the average sale price is over a million dollars. Absolutely. And if they stuck to the eight units that hopefully they're gonna stick yeah. to, they're gonna make 240,000 well, in not the next 20 days. But
1: if you look at the, when we did six ways to do it today, We'll do six tomorrow. You can take any one of these and get eight listings from that.
0: That's important that we make that so distinction. You we're not suggesting that you do all of these. So those of you who are furiously writing down this is what I'm going to do in the next hundred days. Nope. We're telling you primarily, and we I hopefully I touched on this, you know, if you guys asked Julie and I, Tim and Julie, you had to get back into selling real estate, what would you do? Number one. We sell real estate where the average sale price was very high. Number two, we sell the uh, real estate honestly in a market where most of the agents did not know how to do a proactive lead generation and they're all leaning into passive lead generation. Number three, we work centers of influence, past clients, and we definitely work expired because those are the two most lucrative opportunities to become a listing agent urgently. We would not buy buyer leads, we would not spend any money on marketing and branding. Again, getting started in real estate—maybe down the road, we'd worry more sure. about that. But guess what? The marketing and branding happens for you as you become a successful listing agent. Everybody knows your name without you spending a nickel trying to get people to know your name. Aha! Uh-huh. Epiphany for at least one of you.
1: <laughs> well, yes, and remember too, the mission here on this podcast series is to help you figure out how to make a hundred thousand dollars in a hundred days, right? So you don't need to do all of the speculative things. We're trying to—it's a hundred thousand in a hundred days. This is. As urgently as possible. That's why these things are on the list and other things are not, is because we're trying to get maximum dollars in your pocket in minimum time.
0: That's right. So, guys, listen, get to work. We're going to uh, finish up tomorrow with six more, though I think today we gave them eight. Probably <laughs> six yeah. more ways to generate leads, uh, generate listings, and generate cash flow for you over the next 100 days with the goal of setting or selling at least eight listings in the next 100 days. Uh, but again, hopefully you're realizing that this plan, if you follow through and even uh, 10% of what we're giving you, will generate a hell of a lot more than eight transactions, especially in this market. Realistically, double that. Uh, you know, Your effort is going to be the thing that's going to determine your outcome. In the meantime, guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.